Demons Discuss, Take 9. One with the Sun King and the Moon Queen. Welcome to Demons Discuss, muted show. We are an unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. Today we are talking about the Aurora Consurgence, that elusive manuscript that Matthew used to entice Diana to Septours. Um, this was a special copy. This was Godfrey's copy, right? Yep. Yep. Um, we're going to talk about that, but first I want to do some quick housekeeping. If you are listening on YouTube, this is going to be the second to last episode that you'll be able to get regularly. So make sure you go to the other places like you can go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and there's so many others. And if you were lucky to get like an Amazon Echo, you can listen to us there. I believe it's TuneIn Radio. So you'll have this episode and next episode, and then uh, I'll occasionally put some up on YouTube, but it won't be a regular thing. So just want to give you fair warning. And now we can talk about Aurora Consurgence. Go ahead, Jean. Yeah, the, the Aurora Consurgence that uh, Matthew used to lure Diana was not only Godfrey's copy, but it was a very special copy. Uh, the illustrations were done by a woman named Borgo, which in and of itself was very interesting because very few illustrators, especially of an alchemical test, text, were women. It was about 50 years older than the earliest known copy, and it had extra pages. What is it with, with Diana? It's either books she finds have missi- are missing pages, or it has too many pages. <laughs> the things we well, think about the extra. Yeah, it's like the things we think about late at night. <laughs> Well, it worked out for the novel. That's, I guess, in the end, that's what happens. Exactly. Um, exactly. And and the interesting thing about the Aurora Consurgis is it's the story of Luna and Sol, the sun, the sun King and the Moon Queen, who many people have likened to Matthew and Diana. And just to start things out, the two extra illustrations that were so tempting uh, both had to do with the wedding. One was ah. at the female principle of alchemical change, and the other was a queen dressed in white with the symbols of the moon. And the silver. That's true. Yeah. What do we make of this? Um, I make of it that it was a roadmap all along. I think we, we did a piece on this, so I'll put that in the show notes. Um, it was a roadmap all along and it was scattered enough that you wouldn't have seen the clues unless you did what we did was go through all the books and take out the passages and put them together and examine, examine it. And that's what kind of geeks we are. So. Well, that also, but that also begs the question. I mean, if it's, if it's from 1350, mm-hmm. who already knew about that roadmap? <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, I think we are w- working on the assumption that Godfrey's version was fictional. The passages that she was studying were actually fictional. Oh, that they may have been planted at a later date. There's a no. That's a great that, no, that's a theory. Think about it. That that copy had no. been a, hanging around Septours forever. Matthew wasn't necessarily big on alchemy, and who's to say? But but if you think about it in Shadow of Night, Philippe's asked Diana, "What are you reading?" And then they go in further. Oh, alchemy is a very interesting subject. And then he all of a sudden becomes curious about it. And he, they talk about the sun representing vampires and why. Um, and like you said, who knew about their wedding well, before it happened? Well, I'm, I'm just also thinking about the, the two extra pages. I don't know. that Was she looking at one of the two extra pages or was she just looking at? No, she wasn't. But, you know, Philippe, he gets the, the wheels in his brain moving. Yeah. yeah. I'm just wondering if he planted those two extra pages at a later day. I see. Huh. 
crazy. I don't idea. know about but, that. But I, talking about the about it being, you know, a prophecy or of sorts, the when they are married and they are standing at the church stairs, I mean, it says like the moon, the sun and moon, we are unconcerned at this moment with time, distance and difference. Mm-hmm. All that mattered was our position relative to each other. And it, when you look at the sun king and the moon queen, it it just screens that quote. Oh, no, I, I absolutely agree with you. It's just I, I'm just juxtaposing the the timing conceptually for in the within the novel. <laughs> Right. No, my my quote was just an observation that had nothing to do with Philippe or anything oh, yeah. else. Just oh no, I I agree with you totally that the passages and the uh, illustrations definitely pertain to the two of them. Right. Yeah. So let's you want to go into the passages of like how how it starts, like the two illuminations. Yes. Um, there were two. Just and I'm gonna just read it from here. Mm-hmm. There were two illuminations, just as Matthew had promised, that weren't included in any known copy of Aurora. Surgeons, and that's what we were talking about just then. Both appeared in the final parable devoted to the chemical wedding of gold and silver. The first accompanied the words spoken by the female principal in the al- alchemical change, often represented by a queen dressed in white with emblems of the moon to show her association with silver. She had been transformed by Borgo into a beautiful, terrifying creature with silver snakes instead of hair. Her face shadowed like the moon, eclipsed by the sun. Silently, I read the accompanying text, translating the Latin to English. Turn to me with all your heart. Do not refuse me because I am dark and shadowed. The fire of the sun has altered me. The seas have encompassed me. The earth has been corrupted because of my work. Night fell over the earth when I sank into the miry deep and my substance was hidden. The moon queen held a star in one outstretched palm. From the depths of the water I cried to you. From the depths of the earth I will call to you to those who pass me by. I continued. Watch for me. See me. And if you find another who is like me, give him the morning star. My lips formed the words and Borgo's illumination brought the text to life in the moon queen's expression that showed both her fear of rejection and her shy pride. So from there in our little essay here, we kind of broke it down in each part of the illuminations. So how the Moon Queen relates to Diana and our first clues. Um, Turn to me with all your heart. Do not refuse me because I am dark and shadow. The fire of the sun has altered me. The seas have encompassed me. The earth has been corrupted because of my work. And night fell over the earth when I sank into the miry deep my substance was hidden. So the moon queen held a star in one outstretched palm from the depths of the water. I cried out to you from the depths of the earth. I will call those who pass me by. I continued, watch for me, see me. And if you find another like me, I will give him the morning star. So how we broke it down was turn to me for all my, with all your heart. Do not refuse me because I am dark and shadowed. Now I feel like everyone thought the dark and shadow dealt with Matthew. Right. And but I, it's the faces of the moon. Yeah. Um, and then they talk about the tides but, and and the work of. But water there's that on the that earth. plant, the plant of Deb again, though, by Rebecca calling him shadowed man. It's leading you somewhere else, and that's what kind of distracts you. Like, look at this shiny thing over here, while I scatter these bits over here. Yeah. Yeah, but then again, then again, if you find another who is like me, I will give him the morning star. The mm-hmm. shadowed man matches her dark and shadowed. So what we concluded from that, the fire of the sun alters her because she is reflected of the sun's light based on her their relative positions and that's exactly what the moon does the moon reflects the sun's light um the seas have encompassed her that refers to the tides and the moon's influence on it and that's how it is in real life the seas and and not only just the sea with with each and every one of us i mean at least with women 
the, the, argu- the argument is that the moon also influences fertility and other things as well. I mean, we can take That's this trip and keep spinning this and spinning this. I mean, you've got the mother. Of the <laughs> we can work it out. We can work it out to our advantage either way. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> so that refers to the tides and the moon's influence on it. The earth has been corrupted because of her work. Now, if you think about the tides, they erode the earth. So, hmm, mysterious. But no, it was there all along for you to see. We're just pointing it out to you. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and back to the whole the moon the moon being the goddess, the mother, the maiden, and the crown. Sure. The three phases: waxes, waxing, full, and waning. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'll put a picture of that in the show notes so you can see. If you're not familiar with the uh, symbol of the triple moon goddess. It's the waxing moon, the full moon, which is the mother, and the waning moon, which is the crone, all together. So it establishes the moon queen to be Diana. Also, I think, didn't we come up with the, uh, oh, from the depths of the water I cried out to you, and from the depths of the earth I will call those who pass me by. Um, we came up with the witch it water. It could be. In the, uh, over right. The right. Yeah. So that could also be interpreted, you know, hey, Remember when she was in the Obliette, she was crying from the depths of the earth and the witch water. From the depths of the water, I cried out to you. And that's exactly what she did when she became the witch water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, Jean, do you want to do the Morning Star one? But of course. <laughs> <laughs> so the Morning Star is actually very interesting. Um, watch for me, see me, and if you find another who is like me, I will give him the Morning Star. There were a couple of ways to look at the Morning Star. The most important one was we, uh, Deb's beautiful illustration of it with the ball of energy when they were in the forest at Madison, where she literally did give him the Morning Star, that shiny orb, the microcosm. The microcosm, yes. And, and another interesting thing about the Morning Star is the Morning Star is the planet Venus, which is, of course, related to goddess Venus, who is the goddess of love. And if she felt finds the one who's like him, she's going to give him her love. That's true. I have not thought of that from that angle. Mm-hmm. And the morning, star, the morning star is also actually affiliated with uh, Mary, which also ties into the whole wedding thing in another way, which we mentioned back in December on our social media. So we also look at it from the se- sense of the pentacle as well. The, fi- the five-pointed star, which is symbolic mm-hmm. of the spirit and the goddess and all of the elements, which interestingly enough is kind of... If kind of foreshadows that Diana's a weaver because she's able able to control all four of the elements and has the additional uh, ability to create new spells. Yes. And she walks with the goddess. I mean, it, so, yeah. You you can probably elaborate a lot more on the pentacle than I can. Well, okay. So the pentacle is um, what we, it's not to be confused with the pentagram, which is like an upside down pentacle. And that's usually tied to Satanism. The pentacle is just a, a star. Spirit lives on top. Air lives to the left. Water lives to the right. Earth lives down on the bottom left and fire lives down on the bottom right. So we'll put an illustration like of this in the show notes, but basically it's the star shape, but it lets you know that you are one with the earth and the spirit. So earth, air, fire, and water are the four elements that as a witch or a practitioner of Wicca, which is the only one I can really speak on with confidence, those are the things that you hold within your power. Um, you're just one with the earth and you're one with its elements. You have to think of it that way. The 
pinnacle if you research far enough and we sure did <laughs> i found it is it is considered a microcosm when you see it like that it is considered a microcosm everybody Everybody supposedly has the power of this microcosm inside of them. It's just whatever pull pulls you stronger. It also, it relates to the astrological signs. Like, mm-hmm. um, I'm a Virgo, so that's an earth sign. What is Scorpio? Is that an air? Water. Or water. It's a water sign. Water. Water. Yeah. And Libra is air. Air. Oh, we need the fire, dude. I think, Deb, <laughs> I think Dub's a fire sign. Yeah. We have the fire and Dub. Uh, there you go. Yeah. So is there a reason why earth and fire are on the lower portion of it as opposed to the air and water? Because earth and fire can mix if you think about it that way. And they're grounded. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Air and water, they're all constantly in flux. Okay. Fire's in flux, but it tends to be grounded. I mean, it can spread, but it's not in its, but it can be contained. And earth is solid. Fire is solid. And you can't have fire without any of the other elements. And you can't have earth without any of the elements air and water are self-containing or something like that. I, I remember reading that early 20 years ago when I first converted to Wicca. <laughs> but yeah, there's a reason for it. Okay. I, I just figured there was. I was just curious as to what it was. Yeah. And the spirit stays on top because that should be your guide always. Anything else we can uh, tie into the illustration of the moon queen as we sit here and talk about it once again? <laughs> I was saying Matthew. The, the, I think Matthew. Matthew and the Sun King is a lot more interesting, considering that Sun and vampires generally don't go together until, of course, fully pointed out that they're both incorrupt, right. uh, both gold and and vampires can't be changed. They're immutable right. and incorruptible. They don't die and they don't rot. That is that is interesting point you bring up though. That in pop culture today, or the popular vampire, that of course the Sun would never be associated. Well, it's associated in a bad way with vampires because they can't go in. Yeah, that sun, sun destroys them. Well, except for the most right. recent pop culture. <laughs> but they sparkle. Generally speaking, <laughs> sun and vampires. Sun and vampires don't mix. Except for Edward Cullen, he sparkles yeah. in it. And for the record, mm-hmm. Matthews never sparkles. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, never ever. That was circle. great. Now, yeah, and the second illustration, back to the AC, what's so interesting about it is it also kind of ties into the whole Knights of Lazarus because it just depicts him yes. king in the sarcophagus, peacefully sleeping. I will rise now and go about the city. In its streets, I will seek out a pure woman to marry. Her face beautiful, her body more beautiful, her raiment most beautiful. She will roll away the stone from the entrance of my tomb and give me the wings of a dove so that I might fly with her to the heavens to live forever and be at rest. I mean, that, that does. Yep. And even Diana noted that. Yeah, Diana even said it reminded it reminded her of his uh, yeah. pilgrim's badge. So. so the scene at St. Lucian at the church where Matthew was confessing his sins to Diana, namely his suicide and the mercy killing of Philippe, his guilt for his quote-unquote sins was his tomb. The feather Matthew picks up from the, from the dove that flew overhead symbolized the wings of a dove. The dove represents him finally being free from grief and guilt and being able to turn to Diana and love her with his whole heart and whole life. Going back to the Moon Queen's passage, passage the first line reads, turn to me with all your heart. Yeah, and, and the, the interesting thing is with the dove, I mean, not only does it symbolize hope and peace, uh, it's a symbol of the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit and the soul. And most most interesting, even Deb, once again, sneaking something in, she made it a mourning dove. The blue-eyed dove is a mourning dove. And it was another way to symbolize how he finally let go of his mourning for Blanca and... Mourning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. Oh, right. I thought you were meant morning, like, good morning. 
Oh, yes. okay. That clears up a lot. <laughs> no, no. The morning dove. The blue-eyed oh, dove. That's why it was a blue-eyed nice. dove. It's a morning dove. Oh. Sneaky. Well, look at that. I know. Well, and even even Diana, the pagan, noted that. She 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 herself said it's a sign of resurrection and hope, which is believe in signs, yeah, too. Yeah, you know? true. She, she looked at the dove in the yep. same way that we all did, in a way. And that was the same church that, well, they were married out in front of the church, but that was the same church they were married at. Not and this passage always later. throws me because I don't think people, when they read this, they notice it. I will rise now and go about the city, and it's... In its streets, I will seek out a pure woman to marry, I read. Her face beautiful, her body more beautiful, her raiment, raiment? Is that what, how you pronounce that? Raiment? Raiment, yes. Most beautiful. And a raiment is a dress or a beautiful garment. I mm-hmm. had no idea. So it's actually la robe. La robe. Mm-hmm. And about going out in the street, they were actually married outside the church so that everyone could witness it. It, it was a marriage in uh, the 1500s was a public act. Mm-hmm. People always got married on the front stoop. They didn't get married <laughs> inside the church at the altar because it was not something to be hidden away. That's so nobody right. could dispute it, right? Yeah, a lot of witnessing going on. Yeah, it's another reason so it couldn't be disputed, yeah. Unless you have Philippe as a father-in-law who tears things from re- the record books. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's a, whole that's a whole different issue, though. That's a whole other book, too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, that book. Okay, so I think we're on, it's a key indicator that this the unique verses in Godfrey's copy of Aurora Concerns are actually about Diana and Matthew. We've all come to that conclusion, right? I think yes. He, yes, most definitely. I mean, yeah, you can get it, but if you break it down like this, it's... Very obvious once you break it down. <laughs> it wasn't obvious to me until we started tearing it apart. Well, it also wasn't very obvious to me because my uh, book learning when it comes to the Bible is pretty sketchy on a good day. <laughs> yeah, I tend to. So so the extracts from the songs, songs of Solomon were not readily apparent. Well, that went pretty quick. I'll say. <laughs> I feel like I didn't hear most of it, though. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we have some time to fill. Well, what was that? With what? I don't know. What a- <laughs> <laughs> Start well, just- maybe we just do a short. Who's to say we don't have to? We we can't do a short right. episode. Right. Okay. So we have some emails. I'm sorry to interrupt, but there's something in your email box. And Jean, go ahead and read what you got. Yeah, this is a fo- oh, this is a follow up from podcast six. Our uh, discussion of the most exquisite creatures, demons. It's from Stephen. Hi, just downloaded your podcast six. Have you discussed the d- demonic traits of Jack Blackfriars before he was turned by fa- Father Hubbard? Keep up the good work. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, we're going to try and do our best with respect to Jack. Blackfire, uh, we're going to do that as a separate episode because the relationship between uh, demon blood and blood rage has a lot of things we'd like to explore. So you're just going to have to be a little bit patient and look forward to one of our future episodes in 2017. Okay. We received a message on Instagram from Alicia. She says, I just want to tell you ladies that I love what you do. I'm so happy to find a little place where I can indulge my obsession with the trilogy. Welcome home, Alicia. Thank you for being active online and podcast and sharing. I don't know a lot of people where I live and have no one really to share my enthusiasm with. I'm going to send this series to my mom in Canada for Christmas and maybe another old childhood friend. Thank you for being, for, thank you for being so awesome. That is thank the you, best. Thank you, Alicia. I think it's the best. You made my day. Yeah, that's the best. Is she a discusser yet? She should be. I let her know how to be a discusser. I'm not sure if she got around to it yet, but she sure is going to. 
And she was actually, I told her that it's not an automated process. It's not something that's a machine. It's actually one of us. Right now it's Val doing it. And she was amazed that something in this day and age was not automated. Yeah. It's wow. just us, you know, um, I, I, we could have opted for the newsletter route, but we figured it's best if people feel like they can email us straight up. So if you want to become a discusser, go to demonsdiscuss.com and it'll take you to our podcast page. Then scroll down. There's a short form. All you need is your name and the email and then you hit submit and then you'll have to fill out a code to prove you're a human or a demon or a vampire or a witch. And then once you do that, I will get an email saying, hey, so-and-so signed up to your email list. And then I will physically add you to our list. So the next time I send out an email, it will go out to all of our discussers. And it's not a newsletter format. I went really low tech with that. It's just an email. And you can write us back whenever, just like Stephen did. There you go. And I think before we go, we have some non news or news you can use or, <laughs> or I'm going to play the music anyway so it doesn't matter go ahead <laughs> well Deb this past week went a, took a trip across the pond and had some script meetings with Bad Wolf we were uh, treated to two pictures um, of script meetings and then one picture on the way home where she so Professor Sneaky uh, hid the script under a newspaper but we saw that she was reading a bunch of papers that were binder clipped so we we can't wait to hear further on what's going to happen. Right. But I don't know that it's going to be her that we're going to hear it from because right. it's that other tweet she sent. Um, you have to ask Bad Wolf. Right. You're like, okay. And anything else from her? That was it, wasn't it? <laughs> I thought it was the what, newsletter what was too. It? Oh, her new her new newsletter policy. No, that was Jean's blurb. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Oh, uh, did, no, I didn't have the newsletter. I had Steven. <laughs> We're a mess. I was the one who didn't understand the whole... I'm the one who didn't understand the newsletter, remember? The whole point of it. Okay. So you want me to read it, Angela? I'll read it. Sure. Yep. Okay. So we got a new newsletter from Deb, and it kind of readdresses the policy, and I'll read it. You are receiving this newsletter because you signed up to receive updates from Deborah Harkness. We appreciate your interest and support. Now, um, audience, if you're looking to sign up for her newsletter, I believe you go to the front page, and if you scroll down, there's a form there, and you can just type in your email address and sign up for her newsletter there. So just go to DeborahHarkness.com, front page, look for the form, sign up. And to continue with this news, in the past, our website automatically sent updates to your email every single time. And the reason why I say it that way is because it's written every period, single period time period. We posted something new to the site because we like to update her website often. We worried that the volume of emails from us could become excessive. So we're suspending the automatic update emails and rolling out the new bi-monthly newsletter. The name of this newsletter is The Blast. This newsletter will continue to be the fastest way to receive news from Deb in your email box. So it goes on to say that each issue of The Blast will contain carefully chosen selection of our favorite news, photos, and tweets from Deb drawn from our posts over the course of two or three weeks. So there you go. We're not going to get an update every time her site updates it's just they're going to go through and pick and choose what they're going to send out in a newsletter format and i think it's twice a month is how they're doing that so go ahead and sign up i guess and that's it (laughs) (laughs) yep that's all she wrote (laughs) 
right. We'll see you on the internet. Find us at our home base, demonsdomain.com, and for our podcast page, demonsdiscuss.com. I want to highlight our new phone number. You can call us and leave us a voicemail, and this is new for 2017. Call us at 360-519-7836. Contact us on social media, Demons Discuss and Demons Domain, and that's on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Become a discusser, and I told you how to do that earlier in the uh, episode. It's that short form. Uh, comment in our show notes using the form provided, and you can also become a discusser there. You can find us wherever it is you listen to podcast shows. I did warn you about YouTube, but I am working on getting us on iHeartRadio. Hopefully, we'll hear back from them soon. iTunes users, we'd love it if you'd rate and review us. Um, especially if you like the show. If you rate and review us, awesome. Thank you. We'd love it. And that's all I have for us. So let's say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>